Hello, Steve here, half of Matchett and the Other Guy. Now, this episode of the show features the pair of us trying our hand at cooking. And now, neither of us are trained chefs, and nor do we pretend to be. And absolutely nothing in this recording should be taken as instructional advice. Guidance concerning the correct storage, handling, and or the safe preparation of food. Please always stay safe in your kitchen and always follow the advice of trained professionals. This podcast is pure entertainment, nothing more. All right then, with our mutual unabashed amateur status in the kitchen duly noted, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Magic and the Other Guy. And you join Kevin and me in my home on the banks of Lake Wiley in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm sure you can detect that from the resonance of being in the kitchen. Kevin, why have we returned to the kitchen? Well, I think it goes back to the back by popular demand. We had such good uh, response to our soup making episode that we have returned to the kitchen and got these two knuckleheads cooking again. Yeah. And um, so last time we were in the kitchen, we made a chicken soup which was a recipe from my uh, neighbors in France, dear old Madame Fauconet. Um, and this time we thought we'd make something completely different. Now, I am an American by choice. Kevin, you're an American by birth. That's what the, that's what the certificate says. <laughs> and we thought we'd have a go at making an American classic, a meatloaf. Now, I have made one fairly recently, and that is the first I've made, and I just thought I'd have a go for fun to see what happened, and actually it came out okay. I've just seen the picture, so I'm ready to taste the proof. Yeah, it was, it, yes, <laughs> that's right, tasting is the proof. Now, you've never made a meatloaf, is no, that right? that's one thing I said, I said, when we got this idea, I said, I've actually never made one, so I'm going to be experimenting along. Yeah, well, I was doing a little research about the history of meatloaf, as I've tend to do with most things in life. I know a little bit about a lot of things, but not a great deal about anything in particular. Uh, meatloaf seems to have arrived in the United States from immigrants from the other side of the Atlantic, surprise, surprise, from Belgium and the Netherlands. And of course, as soon as it arrives in the States, it diffuses across all 50 states. And there are well over, I am sure, more than 50 recipes for meatloaf. Oh, and continuing on, yes. Yeah. I'm sure there's very many variants and family variants and all that. I get that impression. When I was looking online for a recipe for meatloaf, there seemed to be thousands of them. Every county, every state, every family has their particular take on what meatloaf should be, what the ingredients should be, what it should have, what it shouldn't have, the temperature is cooked at, all, all sorts of variants. But we're going to have a go. Give us a couple of minutes to get our act together here in the kitchen, gentle listener. We've got some ingredients. We need to find some other things out of the fridge. And a bit like Madame Fauconet's chicken soup recipe, Kevin, I get the impression that meatloaf is a great opportunity to make use of everything we've got resting in the fridge or lying around the kitchen that needs using up. Exactly. You so, end up with an entree at the end. That's, that's right. All right. Give us a couple of minutes and we'll get our act together. Back soon. We have got our act together to a certain degree. So, Kevin, we have a red pepper, a green pepper, an onion, and some garlic. We have other ingredients too, of course, that we'll get to later on in the process. But I will ask you, if you'd be so kind, to chop 
half of the green pepper. We're going to make, so our basic ingredients is going to be the ground beef, of course, and we have a pound of ground beef. So I think they're fairly big peppers. Let's use half of a pepper and half a oh, green pepper, half of a red pepper, and half an onion. Chopping has begun. That sound reasonable? Let's do it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I, I suggest what we do is, we're very much on a learning curve here, aren't we, both of us? I think we should saute the peppers and the onion and a little bit of garlic before we add them to our mix. I think mean, that's fantastic. Uh, yes, I mean, I, I, the one that I made the other night, I did saute the vegetables, and looking online, quite a lot of folks were saying that is a very good way to make sure that the meatloaf binds together. If you put uncooked vegetables in your meatloaf dish and then, and then bake it, um, there is a risk of it falling apart. And one thing I've, I've discovered in my research of meatloaf, and tell me, again, tell me if, if I'm wrong or you disagree with this, but of all the thousands of different recipes for meatloaf from whichever state and whichever county, and the one common theme amongst all recipes is you have to do it so that the meatloaf binds together and stays together when it's cut not fall apart. You don't want a crumbly mess. You don't want a crumbly mess. And um, so I think that sauteing the vegetables worked for me last time, so let's try, let's try and do that again. And as an experiment, let's take a quarter of the pepper, the red pepper, a quarter of the green pepper, and a quarter of the onion, and let's just try putting them in my little blender and just see if they will dice up to small pieces. We've never tried this, so we have no what will happen. If they turn to sort of liquid, well, we can just add that liquid to the mix anyway. It certainly won't be wasted. But we might find that when we chop them up and put them in the blender, uh, all those things will become small chopped pieces of blended vegetable anyway. Right? Which is kind of what we're after, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get, I'll get the blender set up while Let's you continue it. to chop right. the peppers. Little chunks of red and green ready to go. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start working well, on yeah. the onion here. Yeah. So put those to the side there, scooch them over. I need a bigger chopping board, that's what you're saying, isn't it, really? we got a lot going. Yeah, we've got a lot going, that's right. Yeah, all right, let me, um, I'll squeeze behind you. I'll just plug in our blender over here while you continue to chop the... Yeah, get in the onion. Oh, we'll we'll see where it's, oh, there it is. Yeah. Knowing where your power source is always a good thing. I know where the power source is, unfortunately my eyes are failing these days and I can't actually see where the holes are. To put Finding them. said power That's source right. can also be a good thing. That's exactly right. Yeah. So that's good. Let's, uh, where, where did my, um, where's the other half of the blender gone? I know, oh, it's right in front of me. I'll use this one right in front of me for now. Until the other one fronts up. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to put, you know, here's the, here's the okay, green pepper. They're chopped into about one inch pieces, not yeah, well, one inch chunks. We'll see yeah. how that works. Okay, uh, so that got, is we've got more pepper to experiment with if we need it. So that is half of half of the pepper, or quarter. What mathematicians would call a quarter. That's a quarter Don't of a green pepper, pepper. <laughs> chopped into inch pieces. Green pepper. I'm putting those in. Okay, they're going into the blender as well. They are. That's the red pepper. Okay, that's great. I'm going to move. The other peppers away from our chopping board, so we've got more room to work with. Very good. I'm still 
working on this onion, getting all the peel off and everything, the skin. Getting us down with that. I'll chop yeah. that into some fine pieces. These are going to saute, correct? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, just chop, just chop it straight in half. Just like that, just straight down the middle, and then we'll just put that. We'll put one of those into our blender. Okay. And, and we'll we will now see if this works or if it's completely insane what I'm suggesting. It's very colorful, no matter how you look at it. It's almost like a uh, savory parfait you got going. <laughs> okay. The, the way we're putting it in, anyway. All right. Let's see. All right, gentle listeners, so we've got in our blender a quarter of a green pepper, a quarter of a red pepper, a quarter of an onion chopped into about inch pieces, really, right? This, makes you, this makes you a quarter master. Very, very good. Okay, here we go. What do we end up with? Well, it looks like... A little bit of a puree. It with, looks like uh, coleslaw. Yeah, it's a kind of a chunky puree. There are some, some bigger chunks that are surviving, though. We might want to yeah. knock those down. Do we? What? They're pretty good size. So I would either either do it in there or just remove them and thin them out a little bit. I think we just... Uh, that's, Much better. It looks like coleslaw, gentlemen. That's exactly what it looks like, It right? does. It looks like a puree coleslaw. Yeah, which I guess is no great surprise. So I think we will add this... Let's try and saute the other vegetables, the quarter of the red pepper, the green pepper and the onion. We're going to peel some garlic, we'll put it in a pan, and then we'll add this at the end just to sort of get it up to temperature, and, and then we'll add that all to the mix. Absolutely. Does that work? That'll work. Okay. All right, gentlemen, so we're going, to, we're going to just turn off the audio to save our recording time here, and then we'll get back to you when we're ready to start sauteing things. Okay, Kevin, we have chopped the remainder of our vegetables, which isn't much, really, um, and we have a little bit of garlic couple of cloves of garlic. And now what we're gonna do is saute them in this pan. Now I've always said that I always use extra virgin olive oil because Madame Fauconet told me that was a thing to do. And I've always stuck to that until very recently when I went to the store and the only olive oil they had was not extra virgin, it's just regular olive oil. But you know, we're gonna, we're gonna make, I'm a big believer of making do with what we've got. We couldn't get extra virgin olive oil without paying some crazy money for a small bottle, which I'm not prepared to do. So we're just going to use regular olive oil in the pan just to saute this. How much is that, Kevin? In the oh gosh, I don't even a know. tablespoonful? A little more than that for sure. One and a half tablespoons. There you go. Okay, yeah, okay. So let's get this up and running. We have fire. We're just, just medium heat, I think chefs would probably say that. We'll just coat the bottom of the pan with a little oil. All right, and then we can put those in. Still very colorful. We're red, white, and blue. Or red, green, and blue. Yeah. Well, no blue. No. Red, where am I? Red, <laughs> green, and white. White. That's right. I can't see, and you seem to be colorblind. So between... <laughs> We're quite the pair. <laughs> okay, well, we'll just get that. Yes, and so when they start sizzling, uh, we just sweat them down because I think that will make a difference to the finished quality of the meatloaf. My biggest concern with our production of this meatloaf is I want it to, to bind together. I think that means we've got it right. That's right. It's a bit like 
you know, in composite work in Formula One, you can come up with any different combination of parts, whether it's a front wing or a rear wing or a chassis or anything else, but the fundamental requirement of any composite component is it stays together. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to produce here. Yeah, we want, we want the finished thing to stay together. Yeah, the driver always appreciated starting the race with a whole car and ending the race with a whole car. <laughs> That's right. And the team do tend to score more points if the car remains in one piece. That's right. As it crosses the line. You might be able to pick them now. They're just starting to sizzle. Yep. Just now we're getting it to go on. And the, the aromas are starting to come up. Yeah. Yeah, this is where it gets good. And because of our um, coleslaw blender recipe, I think this is perfectly usable. I've oh, yeah. seen over, we'll just, we will we'll yeah, sweat. It'll mix. It's yeah, yeah. easy if not easier. Yeah, let's sweat these. We'll sweat these down, saute them. You're doing a very good job of that, by the way. And then towards the end of this little cooking stage, we'll add this into the mix. I know we're not we're not making a French dish, but Madame Fauconet would would be horrified if we didn't use anything that we've made. Like if we threw anything away, that's not you know. That's not a good thing. Not everything proper, that we have, proper. no, everything that we have, we have to use in some form, which is a, which is a reason actually for many soups to exist. It's just it is just a way of using up things that we have lying around, whatever it would be. Yeah, and meatloaf is another combination. It, it kind of is, isn't it? It's using up everything that we've got. Yeah, smells are really starting to come up now. Yeah. I'll tell you it's what. fitting for today because outside it is yet another dreary, cold, rainy day. So this is a perfect yes. activity to be doing inside. Yes. Comfort food, good value comfort food that uses up everything in the house. We're all for that. I'm a big believer in all those recipes from whatever country it would be. I think any, any recipe that isn't overly complicated and makes use of everything that's in the kitchen is a good thing. Right. While you continue to do that, I'm just going to add a little... Salt and a little pepper. Not much, just a... Very good. And uh, if I find my pepper, oh, there it is. Hang on, let me put a bit of pepper in there. Okay. Well, as we mentioned before, I mean, my mom was just not a very adventurous cook, and she wouldn't do a lot of spice. She didn't like a lot of spicy stuff, so my palate's had to adjust over the years. Yes. To where I do enjoy a little, you know, spice and kick and, and different uh, flavorings and stuff like that. But it has been a long journey. Yeah, well, my mum my mom was the same. I can tell you without any doubt at all, my mum never bought a clove of garlic or a bell pepper in her life. Simply didn't, you know, not part of her kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Madame Fauconet, I always think of my Madame Fauconet as my French mother. Of course... She grew up with that. She grew up in the kitchen and hardly ever moved out of the kitchen. Uh -huh. Yeah, she hardly ever moved out of um, the village of Fayol, quite frankly. And she certainly never left the borders of France. Yeah. Uh, but she grew up surrounded by wonderful flavors and wonderful foods. Everybody's got their own different experience in life, right? Well, and you said, and I think it is, I think it's a, a good good testament that you know at her home the kitchen was the nucleus of the home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Everything happened in that. It's a tiny kitchen. Tiny, I would say it was probably 12 feet by 12 feet. Mm -hmm. 
happening. I'm not sure if that's too tiny, but I mean the whole everything happened in that kitchen. Yeah. But the whole day was cook the meal and gather around. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. Very antique old wooden table and yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Have a uh, fantastic meal. Um, while you're continuing to do that, I'm just going to top up my coffee. Keep yourself fueled. Yeah, you're not a coffee drinker, are you? Nope, had. never had a cup in my life. Yeah. Well, and again, I think it's just kind of what you grew up with. It is. Yeah. Um, my dad drank it, but you know he was always you know he left uh, you know long before I would wake up for school, so he would have coffee at his uh, place of work, and then mom never mom never drank it. In fact, one of the great memories of growing up was if I came home from school or later in the evening and I smelled coffee in the house, that, mean mom, that meant mom was having bridge club that night. And that's a very distinct <laughs> smell memory. Yeah. You know, I still associate yeah. with coffee. Yeah. So. Well, I think smell, I mean, it's been well documented. Oh. Smell and memory are very closely intertwined. Oh, yeah. I think it is. It'll bring you right back to uh, an yeah. instant, a time, uh, a person, a place. Yeah. I, I'm... I have been addicted to coffee for many years, and I've written about this, but I, I still find it fascinating that, to me, the smell of coffee, freshly ground coffee, and the smell of tobacco, uh, cigar leaves, is huh? very similar. Maybe. They are very similar. I think they're similar. both great. I'm not a yeah. big smoker or anything, but I think the smell of tobacco before it's smoked is fantastic. I'm not a, I've never have been a smoker, as we've talked about before. If I've had one cigarette in my entire life, I would probably be when I was 10 and hiding behind the bike sheds at school or something, but that's, I've never... And that's one more than me. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> no, you're, never, you're ahead of me by I, one. I never took to smoking no, at all, and I'm pleased I didn't. But I do, I, I, the smell of a fresh, unlit cigar and the smell of a freshly opened bag of ground coffee, to me, are, they are very similar. Yeah, and I enjoy, I enjoy the smell of a coffee shop or something yeah, like that, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. Not what I'm going to have while I'm there, but I'll, I enjoy the aromas. Now, you've, you, you said earlier on that you've never made a meatloaf. Well, we're, we're correcting that today because we're making one together. But, Correct. And, and we've chatted about the fact that there seems to be an endless array of different recipes and ingredient lists for meatloaf, depending on which state you were born in and which state you're standing in at the time, as, as uh, Bert Reynolds used to say. Um, can you remember those arguments at all or discussions of family? Like, oh, what are you putting green pepper in? We never did that. We always did blah, blah, blah. Not really, because mom did all the cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Dad was just uh, plated and said, that's what it is. So, and my, my, his mother was alive when I was very little. And mom and her, I'm sure, cooked in the kitchen yeah. together. But that's way before my memories. I bet my sister could elaborate on that a little bit. And I don't even remember my sister being in the kitchen and mom cooking much because... You know, she got married when I was five and was off on her own, you know, starting her family. So. Well, I, I think that those sautéed vegetables are about right. Yep, they, we don't soft, want them to go too limp, but they are... Brown on the edges. They're brown on the edges, and the the uh, the onion is becoming a little translucent, which is a good sign. Yep. The, the garlic is becoming a little toasted color. I think we're about right. So I'm going to add our wonderful blended mix now to this. There we are. Just give that a quick stir around to stop it. So that's the liquid coming out. But I think that's going to be, that looks all right to me. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to add to our pound of meat to fill the, fill the loaf pan. There's no question of that. I think that looks like a good pan of 
ingredients for our meatloaf. Yeah. I'm pleased with the way that's come out. I was a little bit concerned when I was looking at the coleslaw texture of what we put in the blender. But now it's been added to the sautéed vegetables. Yeah. I'll tell you the what. The liquid's burning off, so it's thickening up. Yeah. And it's making kind of a, you know, like I say, a very chunky puree now because the chunks that we sautéed earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if this, if, 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 and this might is have a video, something. if, guess what, if this meatloaf turns out, yeah, we should put a patent on this because I think that's come out, that's come out pretty well. Yeah. All right, gentle listener, oh. give us a couple of minutes. Oh, we're going to take a photograph. Is that what that little mime I, was? I think so. Yes. I think we ought to get a picture of this part for sure. All right. Okay. Okay. I tell you, gentle listener, we're going to take a photograph of this part. Stick. <laughs> Stick with us and we'll be right back. Gosh. And we're back. Okay. We have our sautéed vegetables cooling off and they're looking great. I think they'll be fine, Kevin. Yep. The next thing we need to make are the breadcrumbs. Um, we have some bread here. Uh, There's a little bit, you know, it's been around for a few days, so it's perfect. I think the drier that bread is to make to make breadcrumbs is better. How Dry many, bread how is many, good. Let's many, use two slices. Two large slices. Two these large slices, thick, yes. Thick of, uh, okay. It's multi-grain bread, I think, is yes, whatever it is. But okay. Bread. So let's chop that into, yeah, we'll just break it up. Break it up into little pieces. We'll, we'll put it into our little food blender again. No, we will use our food blender again. The bread is not being used again, is it? That makes no sense at all. But then we'll, five or six seconds on the blender and we will end up with, I'm thinking about half a cup of breadcrumbs. Very good. Um, and then we are close to preparing our mold. You know, fixing the, everything in the, in the baking tin, if you like. I call it a mold from composite work. Different stages, different plans here. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, yeah, that's so okay. That's, that's that is a full cylinder of bread, or bread pieces. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, thank you very much. I'll do that. Okay, let me hand you the, the bread. Okay, put that out of the way. All right, so now we're just going to blend this for, if it's five seconds, that's all it's going to be. Yeah. But it's forming, right? It's doing what we're supposed to do, but yeah. we got some bigger chunks in there that need to work their way to the blades. Yeah, but are, that's going to be fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, I feel happy about that. How's that? Much better. And too, I've, I've found I like whole grain bread practically on everything and everything. I like it with all the seeds and everything. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Can I ask you to hold that and for our... Gentle listener, well, let's, let me take a photograph of it. Got it. Okay. Very good. All right. So, how much do you think that is? A cup? Three quarters of a cup? Yeah, I'd say somewhere in that. Okay, range. that's mm -hmm. good. That, I think that's fine then. So now, let's bring our mixing bowl to the fore. I'll ask you to put the breadcrumbs in the bowl, and this is all unmeasured, really, isn't it? It's just a bit of this and a bit of that. But I like to cook that way. So I think it's probably a good cup of breadcrumbs there. What we're trying to achieve, I think, what we, the primary thing is to get this meatloaf to bind and stick together. If we can do that, I will class it as a success, person. Exactly. A little yes. slice, we're happy. All right. So now we're going to put 
about a quarter of a cup of milk in, if that, just into the bowl, into the breadcrumbs. Alright, and uh, let me just go and wash my hands. Always wash your hands. Yes. Clean hands when needing food is a good, is a good yeah, plan. Always do. Now what we need to do is uh, blend those breadcrumbs with the milk. I'm just going to just mix them by hand, just and just let it sit there for a couple of minutes. That's it. Uh, the bread has uh, absorbed the milk. There you go. That's it. That, that should that should be fine. Yeah. I like to see those grains in there. That's that's kind of cool. All right. So that's that can go over there. That's our milk, and then we should add our vegetables that we've been sautéed. So and so far we've stayed pretty healthy. I mean we're using whole grain bread, we've been using fresh vegetables. Yeah. We'll put that into there. I think uh, I think that's looking okay so far. Absolutely. Give that a little mixing with a wooden spoon. So now what we have in there is milk. Breadcrumbs that we've just freshly made in the blender and the sautéed vegetables and it's just pepper, onion and garlic, right? Yeah, yeah two it. kinds of peppers yeah. and, and that's yeah. a, that's all green and red, do whatever you want. Red, white and blue if you like, we covered that earlier. If you can oh, find the blue pepper. And from my garden, Kevin, you can see I've just got a little bit of fresh cilantro which I'm surprised has survived the winter and I'm so thrilled it survived the winter. One piece is looking a little anemic in, in comparison to the other one but I'm sure it'll be fine. So. Let's, let's add that to the mix. Alright. This cilantro I grew from one little piece that I bought from one of the um, supermarkets, the, this food store. Uh, just put it into a pot and let it grow. And very it, good. It, uh, yeah, you got it. It's very hardy, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry, again, we've had you know, not a terrible winter down here, but it's been cold enough, you think. I, I was surprised it did survive, and I'm thrilled it has survived. So that's good. All right, so that's cilantro added into the mix. I wonder how many of our listeners out there said, Cilantro, what are you talking about? You should never have that. But it's in ours. Well, that's what I was just thinking as you were doing this is of the millions and millions of meatloaves that have been made, there's not going to be one that is exactly like this one. <laughs> that's right. That is exactly right. We, well, we can now officially call it meatloaf as we're adding some yeah. ground beef here. This is grass-fed beef. This is very posh. American-raised gra grass-fed beef. Well, it sounds posh to me. Yeah, and that's uh, one pound. One pound. One pound is in there. That is in there, that is in there. We want to put, now, should we use one or two eggs? My feeling is, get the meatloaf to bind together. Eggs are a great source uh, to get things to bind together. Exactly. I used one the first time and it turned out fine. I used one the second time, but the second meatloaf I made kind of just fell apart. It didn't really work very well. My feeling is we should use two. Let's do it. Add a little more protein in there yes. too. Yes. Why not? And our listener will, will write to us and say, you are crazy to use two eggs. Or, yes, you should use two eggs. <laughs> I can sense those comments coming in already. That'll work. Yes. Let's do that. All right. 
go. There's one, one egg. That was easy. Two eggs. That would be two. I feel okay about that. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, what else do we need to add into there? We need to put some tomato ketchup. We've got that. We do. Is that... Uh, I'd uh, say... Eyeballed as well? You just kind of spit cool. some in? Yeah, everything's eyeballed. I like that idea in cooking. Everything's eyeballed for me. We're going to put some tomato ketchup in. Kevin, you're just taking the top off that now. And I'm going to put in a spoon full of better than bouillon. It's basically beef stock. I'm going to put a spoon of that in there because I, I like that. And one other thing that everybody that, when I've been doing research, that everybody seems to agree on, Kevin, is don't over mix the mix. Blend it, but don't go crazy. Are you ready with the ketchup? All right, you say when. Keep going, keep going. Whoa! No, no. <laughs> oh, well, one ounce over. The whole thing is ruined. Let's just scrap it and move on. I think, that, yeah, I think that'll be fun. That's just a good squirt. Exactly. Right? I tell you what, should we take a photograph of that so we can give an idea of what's happening? Want to add the Worcestershire? We're yeah, going to add that yes, as well. Yes, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do that. Hang on, let me just get to camera. Okay. Oh, that's looking all right. Yeah, okay. All right, click. There we go. Yes. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Still, still very colorful. Our cooking is, is, is very colorful no matter what we're making so far. Yes. A lot of folks... Struggle with the pronunciation or pronunciation of Worcester, Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. It's like Oxford, Oxfordshire. Um, and this is, I mean, this has been around. Yeah. I'm glad to see that going in. I do like that in a lot of dishes. Do you? Yes. How much do you think we should add about that? That looks good. One dash more then. Well, it'll make up for the ketchup fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's Worcestershire sauce in there. Ketchup's in there. The eggs are in there. The breadcrumbs and the milk's in there. Is there anything else that we should add? We've got some honey to add, but we're going to put that to make the we're glaze, make glaze later on. Yeah. Right. So now, I think we're at the blend it together stage. I think so. Yeah. Would you care to do that? Sure. All right. Little, well, little, I get my hands in the mixer. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to put that spoon in there, whizzes around because it's the rest of that bouillon, beef bouillon in there. We don't want to waste any of that deliciousness. Okay, I'll let you mix it gently and not overly, just to combine everything together. Now this definitely emits some interesting sounds. Yeah. We are combining and mixing and squishing and squashing. Yes, I think when everything is together, um, the majority of folks that I've researched seems to agree that if you if you overblend everything, I mean everything's got to be blended. But if you what you don't want to be doing, I think, is kneading it like you would do dough to yeah. make bread. You'd almost end up with a paste by the time you're done. Yeah, yeah. And if uh, if the end product of of what's in our mixing bowl here looks like it's got too much liquid, well. The simple cure for that would be to add some more breadcrumb to it. Yeah. And we can do that with ease. I know, again, from my Formula One days when I was helping the composite guys out, if they made a resin mix and uh, it was too runny, uh, they would just add a, another ingredient, a filler ingredient, to yeah. stiffen it back up again. It's a bit like when you're making cement in yep. mortar, isn't it? If you get a too runny mix, you just add a little bit more sand and cement mix into it and take some of the water out of it. Well, too, like breadcrumbs would always stretch the meal, too. So Yeah. 
That looks pretty consistent throughout. Uh, Do you agree? Yeah. Give it a couple, give it a little more. Not much more. It's that one ounce of ketchup that's hanging out in there. It needs to be thrown in there. <laughs> okay. It's hiding at the bottom somewhere. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, it seems very consistent in color all the way through, yeah. throughout. And let me, uh, let, before you remove your hand, let me take a photograph of, of Kevin's hand in the bowl, mixing our ingredients together. And hand washing did take place, so yeah, rest assured. Oh, I rest assured. Right, okay. Now, I think that's ready to go into our mold or baking dish or roasting dish, whatever we want to call it, meatloaf pan. Yep. All right. I'm going to let you do that since you've got your hands all covered uh, in, 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 in goo. The first meatloaf that I made, I used this idea, put it into the pan, and then I took it back out of the pan. So just use this roasting pan, the meatloaf tin, whatever you want to call it, Pyrex dish basically. Push it down to form the shape of the loaf and then take it back out of that and just, and just put it onto the baking tray. Yeah. So that we can add the glaze to the top of it. Yeah, and I believe what uh, was it that's called a boiling pan? I think it's traditionally maybe what that's called that we're cooking it on. A broiling pan? What? I think so. This, this dish? Bin, the, no, no, this. What we're oh, that. Setting uh, oh, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, th I could be incorrect with that, but oh, no I, think, I think that's correct. Yeah. So, okay, we are now in the mold. Yeah. Loaf pan. What are you going to do with all the rest in the bowl? Just leave it there. Is that it? I think we, uh, if you have a spatula, we could scoop. Yeah, I do have a spatula. We don't want to throw that away. We've no, just, no, no, no. <laughs> getting worried there. You ought to see me trying to get mac and cheese out of something. My wife's like, you're getting every last bit, aren't you? I'm like, of course I am. All right, let's put that in there. Okay. Yep. Yes, use it. Yeah, I always forget to use a spatula. No, I will always. Yeah, yeah here we are. That's, okay, that's basically... everything. Now, now, are we confident that's going to flip over? No, 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 far from confident. <laughs> far, very far from confident. Okay, let's... So what I had to do last time is get something underneath it to get it out because it wouldn't come out. Let's just push it down a little bit into the... Yeah, the more compact, the more solid, obviously. I think, but, you know, the, the double-edged sword of that is it's probably more difficult to get out, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I wonder if we should have a few more breadcrumbs in there, but I think the die is cast now. We've got it into here, isn't it? What unless, do you it think? Goes, unless it goes haywire and we go backwards. <laughs> There's nothing to stop us putting it back into the bowl and adding a few more breadcrumbs yeah. if we yeah. need to. Now, let's try... Let's see if we can persuade it to come out of the mould and remain loaf-shaped. I'll be right. happy if that happens. <laughs> Let's do it. There you go. Well, hey, not too bad, not no. too shabby. That worked out much better than I yeah. might have expected. So there we go. We'll just sort of, there we go. I'll, um, I'll wash my hands, gentle listener, and we'll take one more photograph <laughs> to prove that that did actually come out of the mould and look like a loaf. That's right. How's that? I, I have a feeling that maybe we should have used a few more breadcrumbs in to bind it, but trial and error. Let's see what let's see what happens. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, let me get my camera out and we'll take a photograph. 
My finger's wet and I can't get to the camera. Hang on. It'd probably be hard to find uh, prop food in this stage, so we can prove that it's not plastic. <laughs> okay, now we need to make the glaze. I think the glaze will be very integral. Gentle listen, just give us a couple of minutes to clear up the kitchen and then we will get to the glaze, which is not going to be a complicated thing, believe me. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We're ready to make the glaze for the meatloaf. Uh, and the glaze for the meatloaf is a very simple recipe. It is tomato ketchup and some honey. A uh, couple of squeezes of each. All we need to do, Kevin, is try and produce enough. Yeah, I think that's about right. We can always make a little more. We need okay. to make enough yeah, to cover the surface of the meatloaf. So you like equal parts? Yeah. Probably more, I would say probably more honey than, than ketchup, but you can't really get this wrong, can you? <laughs> that's about right. I think that's about right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, got a lot of good sweet glaze, and we'll mix that up. Yeah, that's... that's it. I mean, ketchup and honey, but the, the honey will certainly add to the glaze, and the ketchup uh, will brown. I think that's. Yeah, exactly. I think that's right. I think that's the way. That's the way it works. What do you think of that? Yeah, they were dead on right there. So we're going to end up with, I don't know, two or three tablespoons of glaze just from what we've done. But I think that, that'll do. What we've got is what we've got again, isn't it, really? Fabulous. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let me... Um, I'll hand this to you to pour over, and I'll take a photograph of the glaze going on the meatloaf. So we can see that stage. All right. Yeah, I think, yeah, something like that. I like that. Cover the, cover the, cover the top of it anyway, and anything that's surplus. Where's the little uh, spatula that you had? Or, or uh, hey, we can use, use that spoon, that's right. Because then we'll use the back of the we'll, we'll use the back of that spoon to spread to spread it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We make these we make these healthy pork chops, and it's got a really good uh, barbecue thing. We kind of make a little sauce with the same idea. Yeah, it's it's actually ketchup, Worcestershire, soy, and that might be it. Mm. Oh, brown sugar. Yes, and if I had some brown sugar, which I had until only the other day when I threw it away. Because I tried to use some, and it, it was, was a so lumpy brick. It was a lumpy brick. That's exactly right. I couldn't get into it. I mean, I suppose I could have melted it down with hot water, but yeah. So now we're spreading that out over the top of the meatloaf, and if you could just try and pull that over the sides of the meatloaf as well, that you know, down, 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 going yeah, down the edges. Yeah. Yes, on the end pieces of the meatloaf, the ones that everybody wants. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody so likes the crispy bits. The crispy bits. So let's try and add that glaze to the crispy bits. And too, it would come out, you know, it has a different effect if in a pan or open air like this. So there's two different probably schools of thought about how it would come out. Yeah, two hundred and two different schools of thought, I would imagine. That's looking very good. I like that. Okay, so there's our meatloaf made. Right? Yeah, well, 
I'm just looking around the kitchen. We haven't forgotten to add anything in our ingredients. Everything is in there. Yeah, I think it'd be complicated to add anything into it right now, but still. Put it on the top. Yeah, we could definitely put it on top. That's all we could do. Yes. All right, I like that. Yeah. Now a vital stage would be baking it, and I think we're going to be good. Yeah. Right, we're going to put the oven on, and uh, we'll do that right now. So we'll make that, tell you what, while that's, I'm just going to just push those edges together. I think if anything, if we've, if we've got anything wrong so far, and I'm not, you know, the proof of the pudding, but when we, when we take it out of the oven, I think we could probably have done with a few more breadcrumbs in there. But let's see when it comes out of the oven. Because we've got breadcrumbs and we've got milk and we've got two eggs in there. Everything that we should need to bind it is in there. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, gentle listener. One hour at 350 degrees is what we're going for. Yep. Right? I can't turn the mic off. I'll do that in a bit because my hands are covered in meatloaf. But I, I can edit that out. That's right. Yeah, it's funny. After you took the picture, I was kind of like, oh, oh we're still on air. <laughs> We're back, Kevin. The meatloaf has been in the oven for just over an hour, like an hour and five minutes. Let's open the door and have a look, see what it looks like. Now, before we cut into it, we should let it stand about 10 minutes. That seems to be um, about how long it needs to be to make sure it's all firmed up before we cut it into a slice. But for a start, let's have a look. The kitchen smells great. It does smell good. Well, first yeah. impressions are looking, looking great. We got some browning around the edges. Well, I think uh, you like to say for two guys messing around in the kitchen, we've actually come up with something. Yeah. Well, it looks okay. The, the, the juices on the sides are bubbly, and okay. Well, let's take some photographic evidence of that. Okay. Well, it looks okay. And we were all worried it wouldn't turn out. There we go. So let's leave it 10 minutes and then we'll slice into it, see if we can get it to slice and stay as a loaf. And the final instalment of the episode, we'll try it and see what it tastes like. And if we survive, we're golden. <laughs> if we survive, we'll do another episode of Matched and the Other Guy. If this is the final episode of Matched and the Other Guy, you'll know what went wrong. That's right. It, it was the meatloaf. Tell the coroner it was the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, we'll be Ten minutes have passed by, Kevin, and we've been staring at this meatloaf for ten minutes. Lick it, licking our chops? Yes. It looks okay. It looks okay, to wonderful, me. actually. To me. I'm very impressed with the aesthetics. Yes. Um, let's cut into it. Shall we have a burnt end each, or a crispy end each? I think that would be uh, right. proper. Yes. Um, all right, I'm going to... Let's cut into this. About there, do you think? Sounds great. All right, let's do that. Yeah. Well, it's very moist. I'll hold up the plate here. And... I think it held together pretty it, nice. Yeah, I tell you what. I'll, let's take a photograph. So that our gentle listener <laughs> will believe us when we've said it stayed together. Let's do it. You can definitely tell that the... Uh, Tone of shock in your voice. 
Well, I, I was surprised because I was thinking, when we put it in, you know, maybe we should have had more breadcrumbs in there, but... Here we go. Tuck into that. I'll, I'll take yeah. a slice from the opposite end. And... Everybody loves the crispy ends. Yes. Everybody yeah. loves the crispy ends. How about that? Fabulous. Now, if you pass me a fork from our selection of forks, we should have a little One sample of this. Two. And share the experience with our listener. Bon appétit, or that's probably too French. What should we say in the United States? Dig in. Dig <laughs> Dig in. That's right. Let's dig in. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's very good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Savory. Good texture. Moist. Moist. Yeah. We had a lot of juices, but not all of them ran off, so. Crispy ends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rank this up as a success. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. I think the glaze, the honey and ketchup oh, yeah. glaze worked, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did very well. There's just enough sweet on top to balance it out. Mm. Well, immodest as this sounds, I'm going to say bravo us. I think so. I'm very pleased. Yeah. Well, gentle listen, we better sign off while Kevin and I finish our lunch. And we'll see you again on another episode of Matched and the Other Guy. Absolutely. Bye-bye. See you then. Mm. Dig in indeed. That's right.